The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we go on a Tuesday edition of the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Danny McCray and Barry Church. Okay, gentlemen, uh, before we dive into a whole lot of issues, not just the Cowboys, but around the National Football League, I was watching Monday Night Football, and I couldn't help but remember how <laughs> Barry gave out this great prediction before the game of a 31-21, a 10-point Raven beatdown that he was expecting against the Chiefs. <laughs> And Barry was telling us how, you know, trust uh, trust church, you're going to take us to church. And uh, I just surely hope nobody put no cash on that 10-point beating. I, I, I don't know why. Did you predict? I don't know why I follow Nostradamus. Well, Nostradamus hey, is, is a fraud. Hey, man. <laughs> like, like, like I always say, man, with friends like y'all, who needs enemies? Man? That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I mean, Barry, when you said it, I wrote it down. I was like, oh, my gosh. Ten, I mean, when's the last time we saw the Chiefs beat by 10 points? I mean, ten? I had confidence. I had confidence, man. <laughs> I mean. I let, you know, my heart, I, mean, I let my heart. I let my heart. I went with my heart instead of my head, man. I was going with my fantasy. I was hoping, I mean, you know, Baltimore would do something. But they, they let me down, man. They let me but down big 10, I, But my, my thing was 10. I mean, Mahomes beat by 10. I mean, I, I can't even think of the last time these dudes got beat by 10 points. But uh, I had a three-point win. I said Kansas City 24-21. And then uh, 33-27 is what Danny had. But, uh, you know. I just, just want to make hey. sure we let you I'll be, let you address. I'll be all right over here. This. I'll be all right, okay. man. I'll, you know, we, we got we got hopefully. next week predictions coming up, so I'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, you didn't put no diaper money on that game. You know, I want to be out of diaper money. <laughs> hey, we're, we're scraping by, man. We're scraping by over here, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, oh, the Cowboys. Man. Cowboys are one and two. Uh, Cleveland is coming to town at 2-1. and one. But the bigger news, which affects two clubs today, Tennessee and Minnesota, but actually affects a whole lot of clubs because the way the NFL and the NFLPA handled the situation is going to be very interesting. In case you have not heard, three Titans players have tested positive for COVID-19 with five staffers. Tennessee shut down their whole facility until Saturday. They played the Vikings over the weekend. That game was held up in Minnesota. Minnesota closed its facilities. They have not had any um, positive tests. They're still awaiting results. Adam Schefter of ESPN reports that the NFL wants to play the Titans-Steelers game on Sunday, and if they have to move it into Monday, they will. That game is expected to be in Nashville. So you guys were in the Players Association, and tell me, how does a situation like this work where the players have concerns and, and they want those concerns relayed to the team? How does the team rep go about this for Tennessee and Minnesota at this point in time? Barry, Danny, I'll let you want to start. Go ahead. Go ahead, D-Mac. Uh, well, well, first, I want to say, man, isn't it ironic, right? Who who was the quarterback that was talking about they ain't worried about COVID and all, 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 all this other stuff, 
And look, the irony of the situation, boy, is something else. I, you know, I, I just want to get that out. Shout out to you, Kirk Cousins, because y'all sucking this year anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, you know, I, I imagine that, uh, you know, this was discussed you know, b- before the season even started, they they had to have some idea that something like this would happen and have some type of protocols in place to where they would be able to handle the situation. So hopefully, um, you know, the the uh, player rep is just reiterating, you know, what they originally told them before the season started and, you know, and calming the players down. You know, they, they all have a right to be concerned, but they all, you know, when they said yes to go throughout the season, they all signed up and knew that, at some point that, that this will happen. So just reiterating it and, you know, and calming them down and making sure that everybody's following all the rules and they don't put anybody at risk. So if this, if this game needs to be moved back, you know, further than Monday that, you know, the NFL and NFLPA can agree to do that. And if they feel safe with doing it on Monday or Sunday and the players feel that way, then let them go out there and play. But, you know, hopefully it's pushed back a little bit further because I don't know the quarantine period is like 14 days. So that's pretty quick. Yeah, I think that's really quick if they if they went ahead and just pushed it just a couple of days or just one day over to Monday, um, just knowing how the protocols work and they, they make sure everybody's out at least two weeks before they they come back around. So, you know, I don't I don't see this game being pushed back to Monday. Hopefully they they make up for it in the bye week or something. But um, hey, like like you said, um, D Smith and those boys, there was uh, protocols going out to all the teams. So I'm sure they'll go ahead and. Um, review those protocols and how the players do as such. Um, but like McCray said, I mean, all these players, they pretty much signed up for, for this. I mean, they had a, an opportunity to opt out and um, they chose to keep going. So um, hopefully, you know, no bad ramifications comes from this outbreak and hopefully they can contain it um, in Tennessee because um, like you said, if it, if it spread to Minnesota and then who knows, you know, where those players are going after that. So hopefully they can just have it contained to that one club in Tennessee and uh, they'll push this game back a little bit and we'll get it resolved a little bit later. But as far as the protocols go, I'm sure D. Smith reached out to both teams and all teams throughout the uh, NFL and um, they're going through it as such. Minnesota sent out a statement about four hours ago saying they had no positive COVID tests. Judy Batista of NFL.com had an interesting tweet. She put this about an hour ago. Let me read it. It says, I don't know what the NFL will finally decide about Sunday's games, but remember that owners were told there could be competitive inequities this season and a committee of former players, coaches, GMs was formed to advise Roger Goodell on these issues Lots of moving parts. So um, that's that. And then also Mike Garofolo of NFL.com says Titan coaches have told players if they have to go to go without any work until Saturday, they're going to have a walkthrough, then play the Steelers Sunday. And uh, that's what they'll do. No excuses. So you <laughs> get blasted <laughs> and get and get and get ramrodded. I mean, you you're telling me they're going to go in there with just walking through the just walking through what they got for the Steelers on a whole man. Good luck to you. I'm telling you, good luck to you. That, that's just as it ain't going to work. I hope. I hope. Listen. <laughs> it, I hope this doesn't happen, but I'm just imagining the Lou Will situation, trying to figure out, you know, where where the the, the first case of this came from, and, and and what that person was doing to to contract uh, COVID, and hopefully he was he or she w- was was not out doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, and this just doesn't run rampant just because somebody was breaking the rules. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but I just keep thinking of Lou Will going to the strip club for chicken wings, okay. <laughs> lemon pepper Lou. 
Let me be fair here, too. It's something I left out here. I should have said this. Uh, all eight people with Tennessee were asymptomatic. Okay, so they okay. were asymptomatic, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see exactly what, what goes on further there. But uh, you bring up a very interesting point there, guys, when you say that if they go without work and they got to show up and play the Steelers, that they will get blasted. Let me go ahead and move James Conner up in my fantasy lineup. <laughs> go ahead and lock down. James Conner picking my number one running back this Look, week yeah. for the Steelers. <laughs> okay. And that's, done. Oh, that's, it. that's it right there. Let me go ahead and go ahead and set <laughs> that right there. So, Look, um, what's your record this year it. so far? What's your record so far this year? One and two. One and two. The first week, I oh, okay. uh, played a guy who, who, who just – he had everybody rolling. He had – he had everybody rolling. And then uh, the second week is where I messed up with the James Conner situation because I sat him. And had mm -hmm. I played him, I'd have won by four. Instead, I ended up losing. This week, we played James Conner again, and so we, we, we roll. We're rolling. So uh, we're, we're on the comeback. Okay, all right. You know, all you know right. Like, Mike McCarthy, yeah. like Mike McCarthy, I was making some mistakes. Uh, I had to correct the mistake. They were correctable mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I made my correct. Hey, yours, <laughs> yours wasn't half as bad as McCarthy's, but we, you know, we we'll touch on that next week, <laughs> probably again. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Let's hope we ain't touching on that next week. All right? we're, Hopefully, we're, we're talking about a blowout with, or something. <laughs> we're sitting here with the same record at, at one and two. One of the things that, that we spoke about yesterday, and I was just kind of looking into today since we had you know some final statistic numbers because of the Monday night game was in. I want to look and see where Ezekiel Elliott was at here. And he is ninth in yards right now, 219 yards. He is third in the NFL in attempts with a 58. He is ninth in uh, average per game, 73 yards per game. And he's tied for seventh with three touchdowns. Um, your thoughts, Church and then McCray, on the usage of Ezekiel Elliott three games into this season under Mike McCarthy? Look, I think, you know, those three games, he's, he's getting his touches. As you see, I mean, he's top 10 in some of these touches in some of these areas. So um, I think they're getting him the touches. And that's even with last week's game, um, him not really getting that, that good usage or getting that ball rolling for him. So I feel like so far, so, so good this year. I mean, they let him run the ball a little bit in, uh, in L.A. And then as we, obviously we saw Atlanta, he was able to, to pound Atlanta's defense down and get the, get the engine rolling on that offense. So um, as of right now, yes, I would like to see him being run a little bit more, um, especially early on in the game. Um, they got away from that last week in uh, Seattle. But um, so far, I mean, you know, I, I, can't, I can't complain saying he needs a lot more, but I think a little bit more running touches should, should provide well for this offense. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I think he's okay, but I don't even think it's, you know, necessarily about his touches. I think it's about him being the focal point of the offense, like run it off of him. And then if he isn't open and then throw it to somebody else or, or you know, just, just just make the play based off what happens to Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that'll help us get, get a little bit more success. Uh, you know, we keep falling behind uh, and, and I think that we can kind of negate that if we get him going early and get some of those long drives and get him rolling and punishing those uh, those defenders. Because when you get Ezekiel going early and he's falling forward for four or five yards, that is demoralizing to a defense. And I think that we can get that done early in the game so we don't end up being behind so, you know, so quick and then have to go to throwing them, you know, flat routes and, and, and screens when everybody already knows it's going to be passed because that kind of takes away, you know, the, the element of surprise or the element of, of creativity for, for getting Zeke involved in the passing game. 
So they play the Browns this week, and we know what they want to do. They, they want to utilize their running backs. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt uh, might arguably be the best one-two combination of running backs. Got two guys who both led the NFL in rushing. Uh, Kareem did it his rookie year with Kansas City, and Chubb did it last year with, uh, with, with this team here. They controlled the ball for 33 minutes against Washington. And while Dwayne Haskins had his issues quarterback for Washington, I go back to this same thing that I've been, been marching and talking about uh, all season long. This Cowboys defense is not good enough to be on the field for 30-plus minutes. And I bring up Ezekiel Elliott, and I go back to this thing where, once again, last week we saw the Cowboys defense on the field for 33 minutes, and it's a loss. At some point in time, I need Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, and Mike McCarthy, the head coach, to realize that, you know what, you need to go out and control the line of scrimmage and, and hold the football. You know, all these nice little plays, all that stuff and all this yardage, all that stuff's nice, fine, and dandy, and it looks good. And, yes, Dak is leading the NFL in, in passing yards, but if they're going to go where they want to go, you need to control the football. Green Bay's defense is, is okay. Okay? It's not at the level of the Steelers or some other defense, but it's okay. And one reason why it is okay is because Aaron Rodgers and the offense are keeping the football. And that's the thing that I need to see from the Cowboys as they get in here to week number four. Because if you don't, Cleveland's going to run it down your throat. They've got a good offensive line. And they're going to hold the football. And if this team is on the, foot, on the field for 30 minutes, we could be talking about a, a team that's one and three. I mean, can't you sit up here and, and say, hey, here comes Cleveland. Let's go, go right down a W. You can't do that. This team's not that good. That's why I was bringing up just kind of this. That, that's kind of me getting to my point of why am I bringing up Elliott? Guys, I'm still worried about the time of possession. Am I wrong to think that way, Danny? No, nah, you're right. And I, I feel like we, we are the only team – Maybe besides the Giants with Saquon Barkley that has a star running back that can't figure out how, how to control the clock and get, and get the player involved. Um, you know, and, and, and like you said, the way we play with our defense and the way they want to come in here and control the clock and, you know, and how they can attack our defensive backs because they do still have two star receivers out there uh, that's coming to town from Cleveland. So it could get ugly for us if we don't, for the whole season, if we don't figure out how to control the clock and how to keep our defense off the field. Yeah, we got we to gotta figure out some type of way to get this, this engine rolling, which I think we should. But um, to the point what you made earlier, Nui, uh, this, this upcoming matchup, man, it, it scares me a little bit. Because um, like you said, they have arguably the best one-two punch in Hunt and, um, and Chubb in the backfield. Chubb. I mean, they're both, da they're both downhill runners. Hunt, who can be a dangerous weapon outside of the backfield and catching. And uh, we're already down to, I mean, we got third linebacker in there. So these are, these are dangerous matchups looking forward to this Cleveland game. And like you said, Danny, they got dangerous weapons on the outside. Both of those LSU boys, um, Landry and Odell out there, they can do damage. And they got some speed at tight end. So we got, some, we got our, work to, uh, our work cut out for us this week. It's not just going to be, uh, let's just go ramp up on the, the regular old Cleveland bounds. So uh, we got to figure out a way because if we turn the ball over against this defense and that offense gets it for Cleveland, our offense may not ever see the field. So. We'll see what happens this week. <laughs> Cleveland with 37 rushes, 158 yards against Washington. You see what they want to do. They want to limit Baker Mayfield's touches, which I think is a smart thing to do because, he, like yes, most quarterbacks, is. the more times you're throwing it, uh, the more opportunities you're going to have to make mistakes. And Baker Mayfield is not a proven quarterback 
in the league yet, in my opinion. So we see Stefanski, who was with Minnesota last year, and you saw what he was able to do with Dalvin Cook. He's bringing this over to Cleveland. They're running the ball. So the Cowboys have got to be able to stop the run on first down, and they've got to buckle up and get ready to get these dudes off the field on third down. That's another problem, too, for this Cowboy defense. you got to get off the field on third down here, but you got to stop the run this week. And... Danny, give me your opinion right now when you're looking up front uh, at, at the defensive tackle position between Poe, Tristan Hill, and Antoine Woods. Are you seeing guys doing enough here as they get ready to face Hunt and Chubb? I, I think they did enough in uh, games two and three just because, you know, and I think it's misleading because those aren't really running teams. The running team that came in here was, was L.A., and we kind of saw, you know, what that was like. So, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop these guys. I, I, I really didn't feel like that against Atlanta. And Atlanta, you know, they went out and made some dumb mistakes and they, they got away from some stuff that they should have done and, and took us, let us off the hook. And uh, same thing with Russ. So I think we're going to see this week how, how our defense really plays against a, a true running team. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to go that well. But, you know, I, I, I'm here to be proven wrong. Hey. <laughs> Man, you, you being nice over there, man. It, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> if they don't step up, if this defensive line does not step up their play, Chubb and Hunt are going to run all over this defense, and they're going to keep them on the field for 30, 30 35 minutes, and that's just going to limit the effect that Dak Prescott and his offense has to, uh, to match their point total. So if these boys don't step up, I mean, it's, it's, it could get extremely, extremely ugly. Cleveland, uh, when they played Cincinnati in their second game of the year, 35 rushes, 215 yards. They're going to come ready to run the football, and that's what the Cowboys are going to have to do is stop that run, and at the same time, they need to run the football. When we come back, let's dive into some comments from Jerry Jones today on his radio show about Earl Thomas and also the Cowboys' offensive line issues, and they've got a couple of them. You are checking out the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. 
Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. All right, you can tour AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys, run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek are available daily. Visit attstadium.com for details. And um, that is one thing I've not done. I've had plenty of people who've come to town here and they've toured ATs. I've never done that. Church, McCray, have you guys been a part of those tours? Yeah, when my, my family came in town, I took them a couple times just to kind of pass the time. But, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's a, little, it's a little exciting. It's cool. I, I have not toured it, but uh, what did you say? Go ahead, Danny. Now, I'm not just saying I haven't toured it, but all my camps run through there, so I, I think I know that place in and out. Okay, all right. I, I've, I've got to go. I've actually got to go do it one day. But nobody, uh, when people tell me, "Hey, you want to go?" I was like, "Yeah, go ahead and go." I said it's worth going. I said I'm there all the time, so I've, I've never actually done the tour. So I'm sure I've missed a couple things there. So it is something to see here. All right, Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. We are in our SWBC Mortgage home virtual studios here another item i wanted to check on and get into as the cowboys get ready to face the cleveland browns who are two and one for the first time uh they're over 500 for the first time since 2014 is alden smith alden smith leads the nfl with four sacks through three games and i i bring that up because we we right here on this show had a little spirited debate about alden smith coming back here and what a pleasant surprise Alden Smith is basically everything the Cowboys have been hoping Randy Gregory could be one day as a second-round pick in terms of being an impact player. Right now, he is the best defensive player for the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, three games in. Church? Yeah, I mean, look, um, I was one I was one of those guys who had my reservations about him, wasn't really sold on him. I mean, how could he come back after five years and, uh, and play good and play at a high level at such a premium position like that? He's not playing long snapper or, or punter or anything like that. He's playing one of the premier positions. He has to get after the quarterback. So for me, it was not, I was not a drink And I, I knew he would been on it first. But for me, I was just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not having it. But after the first three games, man, I, I, man, I was there. That dude, I, I mean, his energy out there, I mean, he just seems like he has a high motor and he's able to get to the quarterback whenever he, whenever he wants to almost. And, um, it just seems amazing. I mean, for him, it seemed like he just missed five games instead of five years. I mean, this dude is doing something that I didn't think was possible. So that goes off to him. I mean, hopefully he can continue this rampant rage, and um, hopefully we can get, a, get more of a pass rush from the rest of those guys out there. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's doing great. Um, actually, he's doing amazing. <laughs> he's outplaying the rest of the D-line, yes. and he's, he's, yes. he's uh, you know, cr- creating pressure, getting sacks. He, you know, he's, in the, he's, he's doing his thing in the run game. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I, I worried about him when my reservations came from his off-the-field issues, right, um, because, 
you know, without COVID, to me, without COVID, you know, the the pressure in a big city like Dallas and a team like Dallas will be will be sky high. So I think this is a perfect situation for him, and he's capitalizing on every opportunity he got. And you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. I had my reservations, and and he's proven me wrong. And, and 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 thank goodness he is. And I hope he goes out there and he continues this this, this uh, big time play that he has going on. So we're looking at four sacks right here, and and. If he can stay healthy, I, I think we're look, safe to say we're looking at a possible 10-sack season. And I say I say healthy because uh, we are watching guys every week now deal with soft tissue injuries and ACLs. So I'm, I'm just saying, if we get ten, if, if there's 10 sacks that come from Alden Smith, I, I'm trying to see who could actually beat him out for comeback player of the year when you start to think about it. If he come back after five years and get 10 sacks in this league, Man, that's 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 crazy. I, I, <laughs> that's crazy. That's special. That's special, man. I don't I don't know. I don't see anybody really beating him out for that for that uh, comeback player of the year, especially if he's able to get double digit sacks. Um, I mean, then you're you're in, you're with America's team. I mean, you're always in the spotlight. So I mean, I don't see anybody beating him out for that one at all. Um, but I mean, once again, this could be two years back to back where. Um, a defensive end has come on this team and led this team in sacks and pass rushes and not, you know, the main guy, the main attraction on the other side. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be something It could be something to worry about. I mean, this is this is back-to-back -back years, but, you know, we shall see. We shall see. Listen, I gave I, I gave, I gave D-Law 14. I, I got to take take some away from him and give him to Alden Smith. <laughs> and, and, no, and those sacks that I've seen D-Law getting against um, against Philly and Washington and, 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 and the Giants, uh, I think Alden Smith's going to take a lot of those, so I, I can easily I can see him easily getting ten just just based off us playing those teams and seeing how their offensive lines are performing and how other teams are able to create pass rush against them. And with him being being our one guy right now, I can see him getting ten ten plus. I got I, I got to switch it up. And, and with D Law okay. and his knee injury, it just makes it, it it just makes it even even clearer that Alden Smith you know will have a great year as long as he stays healthy. I joked about it when we were texting each other during the game, but all jokes have a little bit of seriousness to him. He's the only guy who understands defense. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's true. I mean, he's the one guy who understands the defense. He's the one guy who's not a defensive end who's not complaining about you know standing up and putting his hand down. I mean, he's he's been comfortable with it. So, I think definitely some of that plays into to a part there. So. When do we start to turn the heat up on the $20 million a year defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, Tank Lawrence? Yes, he's got a knee injury. They're paying you for sacks. And this could be the second year in a row where you're not leading the team in sacks. You're having somebody outperform you double-digit-wise in sacks, potentially. Because right now it's four to nothing. Uh, Alden Smith, last year, Tank had five. Robert Quinn had 11 and a half and he missed two games. So, I mean, at some point in time, fellas, and you guys kind of got on me last year when I brought it up, but when do you start to get the return on investment? They paid Tank Lawrence after two fantastic seasons. He wanted his money and I said he should get his money. But if you're making $20 million a year, you got to be there. And I don't want to hear people talk about, well, I, pressures and hurries. Nah, man, you pay $20 million for sacks.
That's what you're paying for exactly. from the defensive end. You want sacks. That's what you want. Just as when you pay Deion Sanders a bunch of money, you want him to get his hands on some footballs. You wanted INTs. You wanted a guy who could make turnovers. So that when do we? How long do we give Tank this grace period? Because he hasn't had a sack, McCray, since Thanksgiving against the Bills, and I believe that was a half sack. I, I knew. I, I knew. I knew you was coming my way. So this, this what I'm. This is what I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> yes, he needs to step up. But at the rate we're going. Anybody that we got that's making twenty million dollars a year is going to be underperforming. All right, we got we got Amari Cooper out there making twenty a year, who I think is underperforming specifically because of the offensive scheme. We got D Law who's out there; he's underperforming. You know, not getting many sacks. We got Zeke out here to me underperforming only because of the scheme where you come out and you don't even have the guy taking the first carries of the game, and in the next the next game you come out and throw six straight passes. So. At this rate, we're going to be underperforming on all contracts. This could right. be true. Uh, I mean, go ahead, Nui. Go ahead. So, so let me throw this out here because you, you brought up Cooper, who's on your fantasy team. And I think you're harder on Coop because he's on your fantasy team. But let me just run this <laughs> out here. I got this note from the Cowboys PR. It says, Amari Cooper caught nine passes for 88 yards against the Seahawks. Cooper now has 25 receptions through the first three games of 2020. The most through the first three games of any season by any player in Dallas Cowboys history. So, Nui, first three games. He, he caught. Let me, fi- let, let, let me finish. Let me <laughs> okay. Finish okay, my bad. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, for, for go First three games, Amari Cooper, 25 catches, 267 yards, no touchdowns. In 2010, Miles Austin, 22 catches, 308 yards, one touchdown. Lance Dunbar, 22 catches, 215 yards, no touchdowns. Um, 1995, Michael Irvin, 21 catches, 310 yards, two touchdowns. So those are your top uh, ones there. Now, go ahead and go, man. Go ahead. Man, I'm just I'm just not with those stats, man. You got to watch the game. <laughs> if the game is out, the man against the Rams caught like eight passes that they gave him on uh, on slants and stops, and then got scooped on the last one. I mean, yeah. So so that's that, that, that's that's eight catches to the stats, but they they didn't they didn't do anything. This isn't twenty minutes. Like watch, like I said, watch DeAndre Hopkins. Watch Devontae Adams. This is, in, in my opinion, what it should look like, and I'm, I'm blaming it half on on Coop. Actually, 30% on Coop, 70% on the staff. I think they just feel like they have too many weapons and they just don't know who to focus on. I told you earlier in the week that th- the focal point should be Dak, Zeke, and Coop, and everybody else should be picking up the scraps. And we're just not doing that. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that's the way we'll win. It's just, I think what the, what the thing is with these $20 million men, they're not making these splash plays, these huge plays. I mean, if you're looking at the, the other guys that are making $20 million on the D-line, the, let's see, Miles Garrett or, or Aaron Donald, they're making huge plays. I mean, we've seen Aaron Donald that first game throw Zeke into that. I mean, he's, he's hitting sacks, forcing fumbles. I mean, the same with, with right. Miles Garrett. And with, and with Demarcus Lawrence, we're just not seeing that. And then you go on the offensive side of the ball, Amari Cooper, yes, you know, he's had those catches, he's had his yards, but it has, did he do, did he has the eye test when you look at it. Is he making game-changing plays? I mean, I've seen one where it was in Atlanta where he had that deep one over the middle of the field with one hand. But if you're looking at the, if you compare him to the other guys, the, the Michael Thomases and the, the DeAndre Hopkins, well, Michael Thompson, he ain't really been doing much this year, but DeAndre Hopkins, he's making super splash plays that are, that are just flashy. And I think that's just the biggest difference in what we're looking at between these $20 million men. Church, if you pay, if you pay attention to the receivers that we have on our on our roster, 
they're they're making more splash plays than Amari Cooper. Just, yeah. just I mean, I'm, I'm, that's I'm just not the truth. with you. I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, it, like you said, it's the truth. But I mean, it's just he's not making those splashy plays, and that's what you expect from a guy making that much money. All right, here. Let me just go to the. I'm just gonna go since you guys are on Hopkins and and and, and Adams. So let me just go ahead and start to just just check up numbers here. All right, so week number one for DeAndre Hopkins, he has 16 targets, caught 14 passes. Then for uh, Adams, in his week one, he had 17 targets, caught 14 14 footballs. That was week one. Um, Week one for Cooper here. We pull up his statistics in the box score. That's when they would play the Rams week one. And he had 14 targets week one, caught 10 balls. So week one out the gate. What the, what the yards talking about, Nui? Okay. For uh, Cooper, it was 80, 81 yards. The other dudes had more than 100. <laughs> but but Nui, you watched the same game. You saw, you, you, you saw those balls that, that, uh, Amari, that, that Coop was catching. They, 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 were, they were significant. My boy was catching snakes, comebacks, <laughs> and there was no yards Out. after catch, man. No yards yeah, after catch. That's none the difference. Of that. it's, just, it's just splash plays, man. Yeah, that's, it, man. it's not $20 million worth. It's time to take a break. It's time to take a break right here on the Last Brought to you by Hotels.com. We've got other things to talk about. We're moving off this topic next right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor! Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. To Dallas' frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players Lounge.
<laughs> All right, you're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Cowboy safeties Danny McRae and Barry Church. New Era 1960 headgear collection celebrates styles and design worn by players and coaches over the last 60 years. The Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop introduces the New Era 1960 headwear collection. Find the full assortment at your nearest Cowboys Pro Shop and ProShop.DallasCowboys.com. So, you guys were running down Amari Cooper here before the break. Um, <laughs> we ran, we ran down all the high-paid players. All the high-paid I mean, players getting ran down. You no, know, I was. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, I was trying to trying to give a brother a break here, but uh, you guys were having none of it, none of it for Amari Cooper here. So, um, look, I, I, I'll tell you this. I'm trying to find, trying to spin. I'm trying to spin my way out of it this way. Uh, McCray, I think you're right. But, uh, the scheme, the scheme's got issues here, man. Um, oh, now he's talking got about issues. the scheme. Okay, so fine, fine, fine. You, so you're here. I'm going to give it to you, all right? Man. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not uh, trying to fight this, man. That. not trying to fight you brothers on this, okay? Fine, fine, fine. Hey, you got to let it roll off the shoulder, way. man. Okay? I mean, just like you guys lost Monday Night Football, I'm going to go ahead and just lose this. Oh, fine. Fine. goodness. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Uh, you got to bring something in, but you 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 zero and three on bets, so I mean, uh, we're not worried about we're not worried about losing hey, you, Nui. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! It is it is what it is. It is what it is here. Uh, Dak Prescott, and and I wanted to bring up uh, it was a column written by David Moore, and and we spoke about it earlier in the week where David Moore said, "Hey, look, if Dak wants to get paid, like you know, a top-notch quarterback, he could start by beating Russell Wilson this week." Didn't happen, and then he wrote the column that day to say, hey, look, you may say it's unfair, but the fact is Dak couldn't do it. Dak needed to carry his football team, and instead of Dak Prescott doing it, getting it done, he ends up making critical mistakes. He spoke about the fumble, which led to a score. I also talked about the interception that led to a score by Seattle, and his whole premise was Dak Prescott has to carry this football team, and he can't afford any mistakes. It's not fair, but he's saying that's what he has to do. How did you guys sum up just kind of what he said right there about that? Go ahead, Dan. Oh, listen, this is football, right? People are going to make mistakes. Interceptions are going to get thrown. People are going to fumble. It, it, it ain't about being fair or not. That that's the name of the game. Like this stuff happens. I don't I don't know any quarterback starting quarterback that went a whole season without a, a fumble or interception. It just that, that that's just not right. My my whole thing with Dak is we just we, we like I I feel like the, the way that the team plays and the same way same thing that happened last year when I said trash yards. This year they're not so much trash yards because they're getting close enough to actually come back and win the game. But we get down so early to where he has to throw these fifty and sixty uh, passes and rack up all these yards, and then at the end of the at the end of the week or, or the end of the season, you say, "Well, the Cowboys have the number one rank offense, and we eight and eight. Well, yeah, because if you watch the actual game and you see that we were getting the brakes beat off of us at the beginning, and the only way that we could come back was if if, if he threw for those type of yards, then then it makes sense to you. And I think that's where we're at with Dak and. It's it's half on how we're playing as a team because you can't ask him to come come back from. Uh, 
every every mistake that the special teams make, every mistake that the defense make, and then every, every mistake that the offense make, and then we lose and it's his fault. That's not true. But once we get to where we can play a complete game to where you can see him play a true quarterback position where it's close and he has to figure out a way to, to manage the game and then become a passer and, and control that, then I think you'll be able to say he can get paid. But right now, I just see us getting down so early and, and those stats are just racking up. And at the end, end of the day, you say, oh, man, he, he had all these yards. Well, watch the game. Of course, of course he did. Because look how he played. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like you said, I mean, football is the ultimate team sport. So uh, could we put all the blame on, on Dak and, and how they uh, they lost that game or the other or the first one? No, I don't think you can put it all on him. Uh, but I think it has to do with a lot of uh, different factors. I mean, yes, he's, he is making mistakes out there. He did throw interceptions. He did fumble away those balls in the, the previous game. So I think he has to play better as a whole in order for this offense to get going and this team to get going as a whole. I mean, he is, you know, the franchise quarterback. He is the head of this team and the leader. And um, they can only go as far as he can take them. So I believe he'll have to play better in order for this offense to roll. And uh, maybe they'll have to do a little bit more different play calling or whatever. But um, as far as him getting paid in that situation, um, I, like I, I was, I, I'm going to admit, I was kind of wrong earlier. I mean, we had this conversation a few weeks back, and uh, I was talking about, uh, you know, Dak Prescott needs to get all this money and all this stuff, and you guys wanted Andy Dalton and all this bull crap. But um, I mean, I mean, no, I might have been a little, a little, I shot the gun a little bit. True, I know, I know, I know. I said I might have shot the gun a little bit. So um, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold my reservations till the end. But um, I don't know. I just, I think he just needs to play better as a whole for this offense to get going. Church, let me correct you real quick before before you go, Nui. Listen, Dak is not the franchise quarterback. All right, he's he's on a one year deal. All right, go ahead, Nui. Just want to, I want to clear that up. Ooh, Ooh okay. Uh, All right, so you said so you said he's not he's he's not go, just right now or going forward. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying I'm saying technically right now he is not our franchise quarterback. <laughs> he's playing on a one year deal. He did not get a franchise deal. I mean, technically, he got a franchise deal, but. So, also in more in, in David Moore's piece in the Dallas Morning News, he said, "Look, Russell Wilson didn't make any mistakes, didn't throw any interceptions. You know, it, it, it allowed his team to win a game in which they needed all those points." And his premise of going back to Dak Prescott was, hey, look, look at the mistakes that you made. Those mistakes led to points. And you have to be and rise even more so to another level because your team is making all these mistakes. You can't do it. What he didn't say, what he didn't say was what Dak did was basically a Romo special. Because we saw a lot of times where Tony Romo would do the same thing, where Tony wasn't the reason you lost. But he was a part of the reason you lost. And I go back to that excellent game. It was that duel between Tony Romo and Peyton Manning at Jerry World. And oh, I, I hated that threw, game. <laughs> I think Tony threw five touchdown passes. But at the end, when they needed it, Tony threw in a triple coverage. It was an interception. Peyton Manning and the Broncos get the ball. They basically run down the clock, kick the field goal, and they walk off and they, and they end up losing the game. And I remember so many people saying it was the defense's fault. The defense wasn't any good. I was like, well, fellas, guess what? The Broncos' defense wasn't good either. Nobody's defense was good that day. It was going to come down almost like a tennis match. Who makes, who makes an unforced error? Tony made an unforced error. And when I look at Dak Prescott and the unforced errors that he made against Seattle, I say, you know what? Those are things that he's got to be better at. He can't afford to have those kind of things. It's unfair, but that's what you need out of him because right now, 
this defense isn't going to be able to help you much because they're down dealing with injuries. They got their own issues here. So that's going to be the thing that I look for against Cleveland from Dak Prescott is to keep, still keep playing at a high level, but do his best to make sure there are no fumbles. There are no interceptions. Are you asking the guy to be perfect here? Yeah, you kind of are. Is it unfair? Probably so. But right now, that's what they need until this team defensively can get rolling, until this offensive line can get itself going. you got to have your quarterback play really next level. Yeah, he's going to have to be the, the, the LeBron James of uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, like you said, we're facing multiple injuries on the defensive side of the ball. we got a patchwork offensive lineman right now. Um, and from what the reports say, hopefully the reinforcement is coming back soon. But who knows when, uh, when uh, Lyle Collins and, and Tyron Smith are going to come back. So to me, he's just going to have to be that LeBron James. He's going to have to carry this team and, and not make those mistakes, not make those, those late game errors that, that uh, people criticize a lot. Because, I mean, like you said, I mean, he doesn't have all that around him to help support. So he's just going to have to put them on his back. I, I, listen, I just, I just, he does, but I just don't agree. Like, I take fairness out of this. This is the coaching staff. He should not <laughs> have to make up for special teams errors uh, and, and defensive errors. Right? Some of the defense, right, you're going to give up some points and then you have to come back and all that stuff. But when all this stuff is just mounting against you, you're you asking the dude to, 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 to do the impossible. Like, you, you, like last but year, you, you give up a, to, a block to punt. limit those mistakes? Yeah, well, of course he does, but he doesn't make many. Like, like, you know, he threw, a, he threw an interception and fumbled, and we, you know, we make it sound like he just out there being Jameis Winston. <laughs> he, you know, he, he made a couple <laughs> errors. <laughs> he threw the ball like fifty times. I mean, what, what, what you expect? We down. He, he's, he's bound to make, make a, a mistake. And the last one to me, really, it counts. But I mean, he was, he was going for it. We just need to find a way to play better as a full team and not make him have to do all that, man. Like, stop find a way to stop shooting yourself in the foot and getting down so early. And I guarantee you, the game will flow different and, and the outcomes will be different. I agree with you, McCray, from the standpoint from a coaching from coaching. They, they've got to get the, they've got to get the team overall off to a better start, and, and that's something that they haven't done. Uh, Jerry Jones did mention today about Lel Collins. They're not expecting him back this week. They're not sure when they get him back, and he kind of danced around it basically in his own way. Jerry said, "Look, we'd rather wait as long as we can." to activate him so he doesn't have another setback. That was as much as he could give us. Jerry's really being coy now that Mike McCarthy's here. So we could see uh, Zach Martin at right tackle on Sunday. And if we do, I don't have any issues with it because I thought the, the line adjustments they made where they put in rookie uh, Biotis, Tyler Biotis at center and they moved Looney over to guard, I thought they held up pretty well. And we'd already talk, talked a little bit about this and we'll talk about it even more tomorrow. Uh, Cleveland's got some, uh, they, they got some pass rush. They got some guys that can get after it. So they may need to go with that. That's our time today. It is uh, 3.15. We do the Players Lounge, 2.30 p.m. Monday through Friday right here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. That's Barry Church, Danny McCray, both former Dallas Cowboys safeties. We'll get into it tomorrow. We'll break down even more as the Cowboys get ready to face the Cleveland Browns Sunday at AT&T Stadium. Take care, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?